Hello, this is the Made Musings podcast, the podcast that focuses on everyday issues, illnesses, and disabilities that affect everyday people. Find us anywhere you listen to your podcast and on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and YouTube at Made Musings. Please subscribe. Welcome to another episode of the Mid Musings Podcast. My guest on this episode is Cross Palalas, joining in from Toronto, Canada. He will be sharing some of his experiences with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, that's ADHD, and also ADD, that is Attention Deficit Disorder. So welcome to the Mid Musings Podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So can you just tell us a bit about you, where you're based and then what you do, just your background, really? Yeah. So as you mentioned, from Toronto, Canada, I actually recently moved uh, to Niagara. Uh, I am in the marketing industry, so I have been since I first started working back in high school all the way till now. It's definitely been where my passion's been. Even from the time I was a young kid, I always said I was going to be a big businessman to my parents. So how big is your business now? Uh, The business I work for right now, I think there's about 25 to 30 of us. It was a startup back in January and we're uh, slowly growing. And what do you do for the business? So my title is VP of Strategic Optimization. Basically, I oversee all of our marketing teams, so paid media as well as organic. Oh, wow. That sounds exciting. Definitely. I love it. Lots of analysis that goes on and uh, it's always been something I like to do. Great. So what's your experience with ADD and HDHD? Yeah. So I wasn't diagnosed until high school, but my teachers definitely told me I had it all throughout elementary. Uh, If you look back at my past report cards and when I went to teacher interviews, the big thing they said was if I could listen and concentrate half as much as I talked or played with pencils or clicked pens, I'd probably be a really good student because I must admit at that point, I wasn't really good. I'm pretty sure my average in like eighth grade was about 62 to 65%, depending on the class. And it took a long time to realize that it wasn't a bad thing. Like everyone kept saying, oh, you have ADHD, oh, you have ADHD, you get on meds, you'll get smarter. And I just ignored it. I was like, you know what? There's nothing wrong with me. And then high school came and they finally were like, you know what? High school grades are starting to suffer. And that was kind of a wake up call for my parents where they went, you know what? He needs to go see if there's any way they can help. And I went, I got diagnosed. They were like, yep, you have ADHD, you have ADD. And they also diagnosed me with OCD as well. So all the Ds, I always laugh with that. (laughs) All the Ds, OCD, ADHD, ADD. Yeah. And so... They gave me meds for it at the beginning. What were the side effects of your medication? What was really funny is I found that it was harder to work when they had medicated me and I couldn't focus in the way I wanted to because I felt like I could only focus on one thing. And for me, that was kind of like a new concept. And so very quickly, a few years in, I realized that this wasn't for me. I really didn't like the way medicating myself made me feel. I felt like I couldn't get anything done. It really slowed me down. And so instead I learned, you know what, instead of trying to hold back that side of me, how can I embrace it, but also learn to control it? So for example, instead of um, 
taking meds to focus, what I've learned is it's okay to do two things at one time. For example, like talking to you right now, I have a pen that I'm playing with. I have like a stack of business cards that I just shuffle in my hands the whole time. And without that, could not have this conversation. I'd be like, squirrel, what? What's going on? Um, but as long as I'm doing something, it doesn't need to be anything crazy. I don't need to do two jobs at once. But as long as I have some motion, I can focus really hard. Uh, and that's something that I've really started to use uh, to my advantage. Instead of looking to you know, focus on one thing, I've just accepted that it's not who I am. I need to do something else at the same time. And it's the same with kind of like the OCD part. So um, that I was never actually medicated for. Uh, but instead, I kind of right away wanted to embrace that. So being obsessive is something I've always been. And it's kind of what's propelled me in my career. Uh, I made it to VP level by the time I was 22. And I think the big thing that caused that was definitely my OCD because I am very obsessive and I obsess over being successful. I always grinding and people have told me since I was a kid you know like you need to have fun stop focusing on work or stop focusing on your sport you don't need to work that hard and for me it's always been if I'm going to do something I want to be the best at it and so every part of my life has gone into being the best at those things uh, and when you say you were diagnosed about ninth grade you must have been a teenager then right yeah, so I was uh, early teens at that point. I was in the ninth grade. So I think that's about 14, I want to say. Right. So what symptoms were there? That's, I mean, what, what things did teachers or your parents noticed about you that they thought was different from other children? Yeah, so one thing that people have complained about from the time I was young is I shake a lot if I don't have something in my hand. So if I was sitting at like a desk, you'd hear the desk kind of like pop up and down off the floor because my knee was going so fast that it would probably bump it a bit. And so it made a lot of ruckus and people knew right away. They were like, mm, you need to like get that checked out. You need to stop shaking so much. This isn't like normal as compared to like the rest of the kids who could sit down without an issue and you never heard their desk move. Another thing was definitely like, if someone had a pen in my hand, I can't have a clicky pen because I'll sit there and I'll click it the whole time. So they always like would take away my click pens if I brought them from home and swap it for like something that twisted or just had like a cap that I could take off because I was definitely very disruptive in that way. So you were predominantly hyperactive? Extremely, yeah. Extremely. I would say to this day, I'm still very hyperactive. And I think that's great because I think that's what the world needs anyway. We need to be active. So yes, you are hyperactive. Yes, it's been diagnosed and recognized as ADHD. But is it right to make you feel like you need fixing? Exactly. And it's something where I feel like the world's very adapt to thinking we need to treat everything. So the second they have a diagnosis, like, okay, we need to, you know, take that away from someone. And I think that's very sad and a bad way to look at things because you're just stripping individuality from each person. When you decide, you know what, we should just medicate them. If they're hyper, that's not a good thing. It's okay. Like I'm who I am because I'm very energetic, because I'm very active and uh, hyperactive. 
So to try and take that away just because it wasn't the way every other kid is, I feel like that's not the right way to go about things. Definitely. That's tripping you of your personality. And everybody's supposed to be unique in their own ways. Like I'm talking to you. I'm twisting a pen around. I'm playing. I'm writing. I've got to have some kind of motion. I've never been diagnosed with ADHD. And, and because you manage up till the age of 14, or to the ninth grade <laughs> I know and it, it, right away like I hated it I, I frequently like my parents would yell at me because they'd find like the bottle of pills still full and I was like, I just can't cope through the day with them like it was just slowing me down so much and yeah it was a whole new thing I was like this isn't okay like I don't know how to be me if everything's slow and um dull paced I'll call it yeah yeah, um, I suppose um, one thing also that I want to know is how old your parents were <laughs> when they had you, because I think I've read. That. Yeah, my parents were very, very young. So I think my mom had just turned 21 and my dad was maybe 23 at the oldest. There is research with evidence to suggest that consumption of certain beverages with high caffeine content whilst pregnant could lead to having children with ADHD and also that actually when you have children at your older age you tend to have them with different spectrums of autism, ADHD and ADD so it's great mm-hmm. that you have the ADHD, which is actually like hyperactive. You need to be slowed down. What medications were you given? Ritalin was what they used for it, if I'm correct. How did you readjust to the medication? Eventually, I did give in and took it a little bit more consistently. And I remember trying to get off those was a nightmare as well. Um, I went cold turkey. And I remember it's interesting how like putting chemicals in your body really messes with it when you get rid of them. Cause I had like the worst um, hallucinations and stuff like that. When I was trying to get off them, it was very weird. Uh, I was very glad to be off once those finally stopped. I definitely debated going back on the pills once I started getting those, but I'm really glad I held out because that's definitely not a good thing to be getting that your body reacts in that kind of way when you're off the chemical. I can imagine that wasn't a good feeling. So what was your parents' reaction when you were actually diagnosed? My parents weren't really phased by it because everyone had always said it for years that I most likely had it. Uh, It was kind of just like the confirmation for them. And they were like, okay, well, now we have the proof. How do we, you know, deal with it? How do we get that under control? Uh, Which is why the doctor had then gone to meds to kind of strip that side away. Currently, do you feel okay with the where you live with where your life is now definitely i'm very happy with where i am i'm very happy with the fact that i get to be myself and that things are fast-paced i think if i had have continued taking meds my whole life i probably would be a little bit more depressed um, because i really didn't like things being slow but now that i can you know live my life the way i was always meant to and i've learned to still be able to control it so that i can have a conversation uh, i've really, really happy with the way things have turned out. Does that mean you no longer take the medication? Yeah, so I stopped taking it about, uh, I'd say, four or five years ago now. Do you still get any episodes of 
not being able to control yourself and being hyperactive and do you still have ADHD or does it still affect you? Uh, I'd say I'm definitely hyperactive the entire time. Like I'm always doing something uh, and multiple things at once. But I'd say now that I've learned to do things and I've embraced that I need to do multiple things, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I have any bad episodes. Like if anything, uh, if I redid those classes that I didn't do so well in, I do really well because now I know, you know, it's okay to fidget and play with my leg and still be able to listen to the teacher that wouldn't affect me so I wouldn't say I have any kind of episodes or anything like that but definitely you can still see that it's there. Some of the triggers for adult patients are maybe eating out often, skipping breakfast, eating junk food, having a clutter and being on wrong medication. So what were the triggers for you? Uh, I'd say if things are quiet, so like if I find it really hard to just relax on the couch with someone, or if I went on vacation, I had to just relax. I'd very much go somewhere like Disney where it's very busy and I can stay very energetic the entire time. Whereas if I had to lay on a beach, I feel like as much as I want to go, I probably wouldn't be able to fully relax. I could never just lay there and soak up the sun for hours. It just wouldn't happen. (laughs) So you prefer to skydive and jump off the cliff? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So how does your ADHD or your ADD affect your relationships? Calm things are definitely not my forte. I always apologize to people when they want to relax. I'm like, I just can't. Like, I'm pacing around the room. If I have to make a phone call with someone, I'm like, just warning you. I may sound out of breath at one point because I'm just going to walk around the room as we talk. All right. So what other routines do you have that help you to cope with your ADHD? Yeah, so a big thing is being physically active. I know that if I go for a walk during the day, I can concentrate a lot better because I'm getting motion. Uh, So I enjoy walking really well. Even if it's just like through the house, I'll go up and down the stairs a few times and that will really kind of settle things. So I can sit down for a few minutes and really focus if I have to. When it comes to like the OCD side, A big thing is just sticking to like schedules. I really like things to be done in like a specific order. Uh, And I'll tell people not to help me with things just so I can do it. So if I have to clean the house and someone's Mm -hmm. going to try and like clean it their way, I just tell them to go sit on the couch. I can't have you doing this because you're not in the right order. Like the counter needs to be clean, then this needs to be like, you can't do it the opposite way. So structure has been big on that side. So with this pandemic, has it made anything worse for you? I'd say at the beginning, it was really bad. So when we were in full lockdown and we couldn't leave, I was going stir crazy because <laughs> so I'd sit all day in between four walls on, and I was glued to a computer and glued to my phone. I couldn't really leave or walk around. So it was really, really getting hard at that point. And then my like getting away from work at the end of the night was then sitting in the living room surrounded by four walls uh, and you can't really do too much. I didn't have a gym or anything at home. So it was just like, constant sitting and relaxing and I couldn't do it it was really driving me crazy so the second they opened things up I remember I started going for like hour-long walks along the canal by my house because I just needed to get out before the lockdown before the pandemic did you ever go to the gym or anything like yeah that? so uh, I had it up until the pandemic I had a gym membership for a few years to a local gym and I would go just to uh let loose, just be able to move and not have to worry about anything, not have to focus on anything and just be able to stay active. 
Right. So whilst the lockdown was on and you couldn't go to the gym, you couldn't actually do anything physically because it was actually like full lockdown at a point. How did that impact on you psychologically? Yeah. And because I wasn't able to have that hyperactive part, I could tell that towards the end of lockdown, it made me also really agitated really easily. Like if someone said something, I would snap for no reason. And uh, I remember I was like, I need to get out of the house. Like this is lockdown has to be over or I'm going to lose it. Like I couldn't, I cope with the loss of being active and having to sit down. So I was really, really agitated constantly. What do you think the effect of the lockdown is on people with ADHD? I think it's just having to be stuck. Like I felt like I was stuck in between those four walls. I still was able to, you know, tap my leg and stuff like that, but it almost felt like it wasn't enough at that point because when you sit there tapping your leg in the same spot all day, every day, you almost forget that you're even getting that little bit of hyperactivity. Mm -hmm. And so a big thing was just feeling stuck and almost claustrophobic in a way to where I couldn't be me. And on the mental health side, how does that affect people with ADHD? Yeah, so I think the big thing for me was it was really hard to find anything online for like groups wise when it comes to ADHD because a lot of people just kind of dismiss it, I've learned as like just he's hyper, that's fine, whatever. So it's kind of hard to find people who also could talk about it and be like, oh, this is what I do. This is what I do. But social media was actually really good for that. So I found a lot of groups on social media of just people who were like, you know what, this is how I cope with the day. So instead of clicking stuff or shaking, here's what I do. Like I'll, you know, have a piece of plastic between my fingers and I'll just roll that, something like that. So I learned different ways that I can be hyperactive and not disrupt others, which I think is a big thing. Because like if you talk to any of my teachers growing up, it wasn't necessarily that I did things. It was just that the things I did were very distracting and very disruptive to others. On a final note, what advice would you give to anyone experiencing ADHD or their parents or even anyone experiencing ADD? Yeah, I would say the big thing is don't try to, you know, suppress it or hide it because it will make it a lot worse for you when you do have those spurts of hyperactivity. Instead, embrace it and just find things that are good for you to do so that you're not being destructive about it. So if it's playing with a deck of cards between your hands, if it's having a little piece of rubber between your fingers, find something you can do that you can still have that hyperactivity. You're not trying to hide it, but you can still focus and you're not distracting others around you fantastic thank you for giving us the insights one other question that i meant to ask you is Mm -hmm. prior to the lockdown and doing things online did you have any support groups for your adhd and were you aware of any online support groups not beforehand i didn't really look at it until covid and i started getting you know, very irritable because of the lockdown that I started looking to see if there was anything online or anyone to talk to in that kind of way. Did you find it easy to talk to people? It's easier these days just opening up about things and talking to other people that you never actually related with? Yeah, at first I found it really weird. I didn't want to talk about me, but being able to scroll through like a social media group and look at other people's posts and their comments 
um, helped for a while. And then eventually, because I got so used to hearing others talk about it online, I was then a little bit um, more willing to post because I felt more comfortable at that point. So I'd say um, social media is a good one because you can look through a lot of other people's stuff and get comfortable before you have to talk. Whereas like, if you went to like a chat group, you're kind of like obligated to want to talk. Uh, and sometimes that can be a little worrisome for people. So I'd say having a group where I could just look at others first was really beneficial. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please download and share with your friends and family and on social media platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, IAT Radio, Listening Notes, Podchaser, Good Pods, Radio Public, Stitcher, Deezer, Pocket Cast, Himalaya, and anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please leave a review, comments, or feedback on our social media platforms on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and also on our website www.podbean.com forward slash midmusings.com Thank you very much.